2: Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.
1: Around the Circle. That's
2: the trouble around here. Talk, talk, talk. It's another crossover podcast. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Been on Twitter. He's David Johnson at Rebels247. I'm right for the oldman Spirit, omspirit.com Spirit.com and Affiliate of on 3.com. And he writes for Inside the Rebels at Affiliate of 247 Sports. Hey, buddy.
3: How are you doing?
2: I'm good. How are you?
3: I'm good. Very, very good. Um, You know, early July, football season is here. I mean, it's arrived. Um, It's time to talk about Ole Miss football. Hey, we celebrated the Ole Miss baseball team as we should have, Um, and we'll continue to keep talking great things about Ole Miss baseball after the great season they had. But it's kind of time to flip the calendar over to football. And um, a lot of interesting and intriguing things for us to pay attention to over the next few months.
2: What are you most paying attention to right now as we start the buildup after the celebration of a national championship?
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, you've got one eye on the roster and you're wondering how... All of this new talent is going to gel together because to be honest with you, Ben, we we haven't seen this before. Where you've got 14, 15, 16 very accomplished veterans that are thrown into this mix of this football team because of the transfer portal. Um, I'm fascinated to see how that's going to play out. I mean, your starting quarterback could very well be a guy who wasn't on the roster last fall uh your number one running back, your number two running back they were playing for someone else last fall. uh you're starting right tackle playing for someone else last fall um, yeah I'm, that's that's probably the biggest thing that's caught my eye. Of course, you keep an eye on what's going on in recruiting as well
2: that's what's going to be wild about college football moving forward, enough about expansion and how it's effectively turning into the NFL with two leagues. You've got the AFC and the NFC. Right now it's going to be the SEC and the Big Ten, and eventually they'll probably become something else, and then teams vying to get into the playoff. and The whole dynamic of college football is going to change. But how wild is it that USC's starting quarterback last year is now Ole Miss's starting quarterback? Uh, TCU starting running back last year is now Ole Miss is starting running back. So you're going to be watching games on Saturday going, oh, I wonder if that kid will be available. That's wild. Yeah,
3: it is. It is. And I I would say that we don't know USC starting quarterback last year for part of the season is going to be Ole Miss's starting quarterback just yet. Yeah. But nevertheless, there are going to be a lot of guys who were starting for other teams last year that are going to be starting for the red and blue this fall. And to me, if we're just talking about Ole Miss football, yeah, we could talk about the dynamics of college football all day long. But to me, Ole Miss football, that's the main storyline. How do these kids come together as a team, as a unit? Um, You know, how do the parts fit? That's, uh, to me, that's the big story that is really going to define where Ole Miss is going to end up playing a bowl game in January.
2: Which transfers are you not worried about right now? Because you've got some concern about Jackson Dart because his spring was tough. Zach Evans is one that I'm not worried about, right? Aishim Young, he didn't get the spring because of his jaw. He was out. Aishim Young, we don't know. Ladarius Tennyson was really good in the spring, but he's got to have a good fall. Like, What guys are, you, are, are surefire? We know what we have here with Ole Miss and and in particular transfer spots.
3: Uh, I'm not worried about JJ Pegues. JJ came home. He was already comfortable inside the Ole Miss program growing up in Oxford. Um, He's one of the best athletes in the nation, pound for pound. Where you you have concern, I think, is Jackson Dart. Um, You know, and and yeah, you can say – the kid got to Ole Miss in late January. He had a month in the playbook and then they threw him into the fire. And all that's true. But you know, you worry a little bit about what you saw out of out of Jackson Dart's mechanics. Um, you know, the the, the, the willingness to, to make forced throws, resulting in interceptions. Um You can't run Lane Kiffin's offense if you do that. Because if you do, you end up like um, Matt Corral at Arkansas back in 2020. Um, You know, that's the worst game Matt played probably. And, um, you know, you just can't – you cannot do that consistently uh, and be effective as the quarterback in this offense. You just can't do it. And, you know – that's left the door crack for Luke Altmeyer. And, um, you know, Luke is a game manager at this point of his career. He's not going to go out there and just wow you. But he's going to make decent decisions. And uh, I think he's shown he can move the offense up and down the field. So, you know, th- that's a huge storyline in August, obviously. And I don't think it plays out in August. You know, the, the week of the Troy game, a couple days before, Lane's going to tell us who he's going to start at quarterback for that game. But you're going to see both of those guys playing, I believe, throughout the month of September. By the time October rolls around, Lane will have his quarterback.
2: Do you think he'll have the same kind of commitment and loyalty to his quarterback that he did to Matt Corral? Because even when Matt threw six interceptions, he didn't come out of a game. But now you have a true viable alternative, whoever the guy is, if it's Jackson Dart, Luke Altmeyer, Do you think he'll have that same kind of – Resolute commitment to whoever his guy is once he does decide.
3: I think that's going to be up to the guy because I'm going to tell you what Lane Kiffin did at Arkansas by not pulling Matt Corral from that game, Lane Kiffin made Matt Corral into the monster he became because Matt and Matt said this, you know, when, when Lane didn't pull him, Matt knew he was the guy and, 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 it kind of sounds funny to say a six interception game kind of launched your career, but I think it did in Matt Corral's case, because confidence is so important for a quarterback. And, um, you know, if he's playing two in the month of September, it's going to be interesting to see how he does it and how he handles it. Is it the hottest hand? Is it, is it something he scripted? Um, you know, and I don't believe Lane really believes in scripts very much, so I think it's gonna be the hot hand. Um but yeah, I mean that's that's a good point because I do think he made Matt Corral in that six interception game when at the end every Ole Miss fan out there was screaming for him to put somebody else in the game. John Rice Plumley. And Lane didn't. He stood his ground and he built Matt Corral's confidence up hugely, I think, from that point.
2: Yeah, that's what I can't decide um whether it's a point of emphasis for Lane to handle his quarterbacks that way once he does make his decision to stick by it, or if it's an individual case deal like it was with Matt. He knew Matt needed that, so So that's what he gave them. um, I feel like one of Jackson Dart or Luke Altmaier could probably be very well the same kind of person, but if you're in the midst of a rotational quarterback situation early on, um, does that change the dynamic at all, right? Because because you need once yeah. you make your once you make your decision, don't you just kind of have to roll with it? I mean, if you're Lane Kiffin, because that's kind of what you've done. And is that, but is it a case by case thing to where? Yeah, Jackson Dart and Luke Albar, they might be fine, alternating early and, and uh, looking behind their shoulder constantly. And Matt was a little bit more mentally fragile in that way. It's where he he needed to be the guy no matter what. I, I don't know. I don't know how you handled that well, as, a, as a as a coach.
3: This is a little bit different situation, Ben, just because I think Lane also knew he had only one quarterback on his roster that could run that offense. And that was Matt Corral. Uh that's not an indictment on John Rice Plumley, but Lane never envisioned John Rice <clears throat> excuse me running that offense. This is a little bit tougher situation with Altmire and Dart because both of those guys are capable of doing what Lane needs done.
2: Yeah, both of them can do it. That's a good point. John Rice never really could do what Lane needs out of his quarterback. Because I mean, you have to make all the throws, or at least be capable of making all the throws. And John Rice, for as good as he was at certain things, he, he couldn't make every single throw in a football field. And both of these guys, Luke Gallmire, even if Jackson dart got better arm talent, Luke Altmyer and we consider him a game manager more in the mold or more in that mold than Jackson Dart. He can make more throws than John Rice could. So you're really not limited in what your decisions can be. I do think it's still a delicate balance though, if that makes sense. Cause I think both these kids, I mean, they hear the noise, they know the noise, they know what's going on.
3: Yeah. I think, I think you're, you're exactly right. I think we're, we're right on the money here. You know, it, it's kind of about personnel and, you know you go back to the twenty twenty season, he had one guy, and he knew he had one guy um that that can do what's required of the quarterback now he's got two, and um you know that that makes it a little bit more intriguing um and i and I gotta say this too, and I'm not trying to haunt a horn of either one of these guys. But, you know, Luke Altmeier just impressed the heck out of me in the spring. Not that he had a great spring, but it was his growth. From the time, you know, Matt got injured in the Sugar Bowl and Luke goes in there, Uh, Luke has taken this challenge extremely seriously. And uh, I cannot wait to see him on the field in August because I think think he's going to even be that much better uh, once fall camp opens up.
2: See, that was my next question. Was it more about what Luke did in the spring or what Jackson Dart didn't do?
3: Yeah, if you want to know the truth of it, Dan, in my opinion, it was really, man, this is a harsh word, but it was really the horrificness of Jackson Dart's performance in the public scrimmages that that really put a shine on what Luke did. I mean, if the truth be known, it wasn't that Luke looked like Dan Fouts or Joe Montana out there. It was that Jackson Dart, you know, he, he simply just didn't live up to the 60 days of recruiting billing that he got. It was like, oh, and, um, you know, some <clears throat> I think that the nation is starting to understand that. Uh, with Ole Miss right now that, you know, Jackson had a subpar spring. And there are reasons for that, as we've accounted for, uh, you know, getting here so late, throwing into a new offense, learning a new system, being the new guy in the locker room. Those are all things that have the potential to pull you down. And unfortunately, in Jackson's case, it kind of did pull him down in the spring. You know, what we're looking for right now is a huge rebound. We're looking for Jackson Dart to have gotten very comfortable in this system, to to have gotten very patient as a passer, and uh, you know we'll, we'll we'll find out in the weeks coming up. I mean, Ben, we're we're three weeks away from the opening of fall camp. It's amazing. Hey guys, just want to tell you this podcast, this crossover podcast, is brought to you in part by S and J Custom Framing, where. Art is a gift of love. S&J Custom Framing is located at 1001 Van Buren Avenue in Oxford. Go see John Adams. John is the owner of S&J Custom. And let me tell you, it's the perfect place to go shopping for the Ole Miss fan uh, or even for yourself because you're Ole Miss fans as well. Ben, they've got great prints inside this store of Ole Miss football. Uh, legendary Prince, Dexter McCluster, Chad Kelly, the Mannings, uh, you name it, and they have it at S&J Custom Framing, as well as they can frame any Ole Miss memorabilia or non-Ole Miss memorabilia that you'd like. Great selections of mats and frames in there. John's always willing to work with you on the pricing of things as well. And Before we go, let me tell you about their pottery. Peach tree pottery, beloved pottery, crossroad pottery, uh just some incredible gifts in there. Next time you're in town for the weekend and you're looking for a place uh to buy some old mess merchandise and art, even pottery, go visit John Adams at S and J Custom Framing one thousand one Van Buren in Oxford.
2: This podcast is also brought to you in part by Thomas Chandler. Have you ever wondered what you're going to do for retirement or if you're ever actually going to be able to retire? Well, if so, give my friend Thomas Chandler a call. He specializes in retirement and investment planning and loves helping people plan for their dream. And He can offer you pretty much anything you could possibly need from mutual funds to employee benefits, college savings plans. Give him a call, 662-296-0186. That's 662 662-296- 296 0186, and start taking control of your future today with Thomas Chandler. If you haven't already, subscribe, review this podcast on iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. I do not care what you say. Ben, you're too loud. Ben, you're too obnoxious. Ben, you keep interrupting. Whatever it might be, leave a five-star review. This podcast can be found wherever you get your podcasts. Just simply search Talk of Champions in Spotify or SoundCloud, iTunes. You name it, we're there. Stitcher. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, and affiliate of On3.com. David writes for Inside the Rebels, an affiliate of 247 Sports. Let's hear from a couple of more proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. Your Omas Baseball Rebels are national champions. Yes, that really happened. Your eyes did not deceive you. And what better way to celebrate since we all spent way too much money getting to and back home from Omaha than with a new car? Code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. BXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions podcast network.
1: Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.
2: That's crazy to me. That's crazy. It feels like the national championship in baseball just happened, but the passage of time is funny like that. Life keeps going, and Ole football will start practicing in three weeks. I'm going to go ahead and make a prediction that come fall camp, what you thought or what we thought we knew about Jackson Dart after that tough spring is going to go completely out the window. He's going to look completely different, and we're going to have a real uh, competition. Because it's not like Luke's going to just be the same Luke Altmyer in the spring. I think he's going to be better, too. I just think both of these guys needed some time, and spring wasn't really an adequate amount of time now that they've gotten the summer, and they have a full month to prepare, uh, I think, from day one that's going to dominate everything because it's the quarterback battle, but also they're going to look different, if that makes sense. You're you're going to feel like, yeah, that both of them, that they're going at it, if that makes sense.
3: Yeah, that's what I just said. I agree with you 100%. Um, You know, I I think you're going to see two fine-tuned quarterbacks out there in August. And um, it's going to make Lane's uh, process in, in weeding out who's going to be his quarterback. Uh, a little awkward, a little odd, uh, a little difficult. Uh, but, um, hey, that's what they're there for. It's big, big, it's big boy football. They all know it. And may the best man win.
2: Yeah. And with anything in college sports, things changed so quickly. Like two months ago, I think it was, when we did a podcast, the main topic was which comes first, Ole Miss winning a regional or almost landing Jaden Rashada, and we both picked Jaden Rashada. Now he's in Miami, and almost has won a national championship. Things change really, really fast. And when I look around at recruiting, and, and since we're talking about the quarterbacks and everything like that, and almost has got his quarterback commitment, but Jaden Rashada was the guy they continued to pursue and we're, we're after, and he signed a huge NIL deal with Miami. Wilkin Formby, who we both felt – um, Alabama was always going to yeah. be right there for him. But we felt like, what we'll can be, was going to come to Ole Miss because of everything we were hearing, then it changed. Whatever. There have been a lot of negative developments lately in recruiting. Are you worried about it? Because for me, my perspective is different. Um, I don't react the same or have these quick um, reactionary feelings about a kid committing out of high school anymore because the transfer portal has changed does, everything. Does but doesn't matter. You, yeah, yeah. yeah, for you, has it? are you worried or concerned at all?
3: No, I'm not, because, look, in this age of the NIL and transfer portal stuff, I mean, it, you can't worry about the next season. You know, Jaden Rashada wasn't going to line it up for the Rebels this fall. He was a quarterback of the future. <clears throat> well, we all know how the transfer portal works now. I mean, look, Ole Miss could bring in a five-star kid over the off-season that would blow Jaden Rashada out of the water. I, I, I'm just saying you cannot worry about that. What I do worry about, however, is that we all know the Rebels need linebackers. And, man, they have, uh, they have not been able to, to snag one. I mean, the kid from North Texas, you know, he, he gets in the portal, gets a few feelers, realizes if he transfers, the NCAA may not grant him another year of eligibility. And, um, you know, so he's stuck at North Texas where he knew he could play this fall. Uh, they bring the Crouch kid in from Michigan State. Uh, that didn't develop. They bring the kid in from Middle Tennessee. Um, that that didn't develop. Uh, so that's that's what I'm worried about a little bit is the linebacker position because there's no doubt about it. They need more guys there. They need more players there. Look, I think Ashanti Sistronk, could could have a big-time season this year as as a linebacker for the Rebels. But, you know, what I look at across there, I I don't see a Chance Campbell. You know, that, that kid they brought in that was a superb playmaker and was always around the football, they don't have that in the linebacker core this year. They've got a relatively deep secondary that could even be better than what I'm anticipating it to be, a tremendously deep defensive front, It's the linebackers, linebackers, a question mark. So I, I do get a little concerned about that. As far as the class of 2023 recruiting, no, I don't, I mean, you know, they're, they're stacking some good recruits. Uh, They're going to, they're going to have eight, 10, 12, very, very good high school recruits in this class. And then the rest is the portal. And if you're worried about the portal for next season right now, you're crazy because you have no idea who's going to be in the portal. So that's kind of where I'm at on the worry and stuff.
2: Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. And everybody talks about Jackson Dart and his tough spring. Troy Brown was basically signed to be that plug-and-play guy linebacker and his spring was up and down too. So if you're talking about fall camp storylines, with the lack of success of adding another guy, Troy Brown needs to have a good fall. He needs to have a good fall. And DeMon Conny needs to have a good fall because those guys, there aren't any other viable options. They have to be good. And, yes, they have the talent, but the depth behind them just isn't there. They've tried to address it, but they can't. And it reminds me a lot of quarterback recruiting for a while. It was like uh, Dylan Gabriel at first, right? Yeah. And then it was whoever and whoever and whoever. And finally it was Jackson Dart. But that was back in January and February. It's July now. They open fall camp in three weeks. I, it, I wouldn't put it past Lane and them to add somebody by August 2 or something, but still, it, it's getting late th- at this point to where now you're looking at the roster and going, well, this is what we got. This is what you got to roll with.
3: Yeah, you're exactly right. And, um, you know, I mean, all the hay's in the barn. This is what you got to roll with. I, I don't think they're going to find a linebacker between now and August 1st. Um, You know, I, I mean, I know that, you know, they brought Arlon, Orlando Urbana in last year in July, and that was a critical piece they needed up front. But, I mean, if you look at the portal, bin, there aren't linebackers just floating around out there that you think they could get that would come in and help. Um, That's just the way it is. Now, maybe, maybe they get one of these guys, but... Right now, I don't think that's looking good, and you're you're going to have to go with the you know what you have and um you know that's going to make Chris Partridge's job a little bit more difficult calling the defense and and you know that's probably something we haven't paid enough attention to. look, Chris Partridge is a hell of a football coach and a hell of a recruiter, but he's never called a defense on this level before. So, you know, that, that's gonna be factored into it as well. He may turn out to be great. But you know, you've basically got a, a a rookie coordinator on that side of the football. And um, you know, there's generally a little bit of a growth period there, but um, you know, maybe not. We'll 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 see what happens with that. Um and then also on the offensive side of the ball, you don't have Jeff Levy anymore. You know, so this is Lane and Charlie, and um, you know, just to be honest with you, you have to question how that's going to work, as well.
2: So, a couple you know, of days there, ago, you're floating the possibility of twelve and zero, and now you're sounding the alarm of seven and five. Is that what we're doing here?
3: No, no, okay. no. I'm I'm just examining the whole body
2: here. <laughs> that's all I'm doing. I still think i see to say you're you're vacationing did. in hot springs or something and, and like the good vibes didn't travel with you what the hell?
3: Yeah, I'm sitting out here on Lake Hamilton right now and enjoying myself, but um I still think this team is talented enough with this schedule to be 8-0 to start this season 8-0. You know, then you have Texas A&M and Alabama. And essentially, I think that's going to determine the season in terms of the pecking order in the SEC West, you know, could they slip up along the way? Of course. I mean, if they lost to Kentucky, you might not even call that a slip up. If they lost to Auburn, you might not call that a slip up. And I'm going to warn you about Auburn. I know Brian Harson. I know him from when he was at Arkansas state and he was recruiting Eli. And I can tell you this, he is a hell of a football coach. And whatever happened over there last year, I have no idea. But one thing we know about Auburn is they have players, Dan. They have players all over the field.
2: Well, have fun the rest of your vacation, and we'll do another podcast when you get back. He's David Johnson at Rebels247. I'm Big Garrett at Bin on Twitter. More to come. We're, try- we're kind of recharging the batteries resetting our ourselves, both of us this week. And that's why we haven't been, well, as, we were doing a podcast as, every day after every development in home baseball for two weeks, buddy. Well,
3: as we talked about it, you know, when we buckle back into the saddle in a few days, it, it's all the way to Christmas Eve, you know, that, it really that's is. the truth seven days a week. And, uh Yeah, so we're recharging a few batteries this week and uh, excited for the fall, though. But, uh, man, enjoy the podcast as always.
1: All right, buddy. I'll see you when you get home. Sounds good. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.
0: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done.